Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, my name's Justin, and you're on Inverse, and in the studio we have Israel, Siku, and Jonathan. Hey guys. Hey. Hello. And we have all of you guys out there. We're so happy that you're listening on our podcast or watching on our video on social media channels or however you're watching this. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org, and you can access our Bible study guides. We are looking at the topic of Adventist heritage, Adventist heritage. And just really quick, Israel, what are some of the topics that we've hit uh, on Adventist heritage in the past couple episodes? Uh, that I remember. That, that you I remember. remember. Not yeah. all of them. Yeah. Uh, I think that I remember we, we started off with the very beginning of it, dealing with uh, all the topics that we've talked about. Topics, yeah. <laughs> we talked about the the early Christian church. What What is it that precipitated the birth of Adventism? Uh-huh. We talked about the different doctrines that developed over time. So when we say early church, we're not talking about the early Christian church, but the early Adventist, Adventist church, church and yes. how it got started. Yep, cool. And uh, we talked about topics like the Sabbath. We talked about the discovery of... Uh, tithing hmm. and how that has blessed the church ever since we started that. We talked about sanctuary. the sanctuary. Thank you. Why don't you ask you this question? I said the Sabbath. Okay. Health that's, that's, health that's, that's all that comes to mind. <laughs> okay. All right. And then just really brief, because we're about, about a little bit beyond halfway point on, on our, on our, on our, um, on our quarter, um, quarter. And uh, Siku, why, why are we taking a look? So this is a Bible study guide. Um, we should be looking at books of the Bible or Bible topics, but then we're kind of going to history, which is kind of, we've never done this before. And I got to say, like, we we're spending a lot of time in the Bible. We're, we're, we're it's, it's a very interesting narrative. Uh, why, why are we in this topic? Uh, I mean, we're, we're discussing the beginnings, I guess, mm-hmm. of the Seventh-day Adventist church, mm-hmm. the history that, which grounds our identity. So figuring out where did we come from? How did this church develop? Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing something about the, the, the DNA, I guess, that is in um, the Adventist church, mm-hmm. it tells you a lot about who we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps to guide the way that we should live and the way that we should act now as an organization based mm-hmm. on why did we even come to exist? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think a cool thing that has come out, which you just mentioned, was we are talking about Adventist heritage, the history, and the history is seeped in Bible study, mm. actually. Mm. So it, it makes sense that, you know, in order to talk about the history, you have to go to the Bible, mm-hmm. which is a very neat thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a, I think there's a current dissonance that a lot of young people want Adventism or church to be relevant. Mm. And so they're reacting to where we are currently with uh, the, the environment around us. Mm-hmm. And there's no context. It's mm-hmm. like where I am and then this is what's happening out there. And I want immediate relevance, immediate reaction. But as an Adventist, with our with that with that moniker, with that identity, with that title, we need to understand where we came from yeah. and how we interact with all these issues and from the Bible and how what wrongs and rights we've made through mm-hmm. through our trajectory, and that gives us a more fuller response to the the milieu that we're in. Yeah, and also, that's something we've lost that context yeah. without understanding this. Also, I think what what's valuable about the study of this topic is the fact that. 
identity will always determine our mission. Mm. So when you look at the early Christian church, when Jesus gave them their uh, mission, he first gave them their identity. You will be mm. my witnesses, mm. and then you will you know, spread mm. the gospel throughout the whole world. And what's been powerful to me as we've been looking at our uh, identity and our mission mm-hmm. is the fact that our identity is founded or is based on the message. Mm-hmm. And so the message is where we find our identity mm-hmm. and and. That probably more than anything else is what's impacted me the most. That yeah. it's in the history of Adventism, mm-hmm. there is a message that constantly shapes the identity of the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Justin, you mentioned yep. uh, you know how young people or people today we want to be relevant. We want no. to That's a buzzword, mm-hmm. and it 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 sounds cool and it means something to some people. But at the end of the day. Um, we want to be relevant to what God wants us to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think that's the uniqueness about Adventism is that we, we focus on the Word of God, uh, the prophetic guidance that we have to, mm-hmm. to be relevant to this world according to what is relevant to God. Mm-hmm. If we are reactionary to everything that's going on in the world, we're never going to finish our mission because we're so busy being reactive. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, that's something that is, it, it's a danger mm-hmm. that we as a church can fall into to try to be mm-hmm. relevant to the world. When, when the real relevancy is what is relevant to God, what does he want us to spread to the world? To the world? Because the world is naturally not ne- necessarily uh, desiring, you know, what, what the word says, mm-hmm. but God is, you know, through the spirit and through his people trying to share his, his message. Yeah. And so yeah. I think uh, when we talk about relevancy, we have to go back to the Bible and see what is it that is relevant to the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I just, just for analogy, uh, illustration's sake, I just think of a kid who he's eating ice cream and then his ice cream fell, you know, and he's outside in the backyard next to his, his swimming pool. And he's just crying. He's like, man, what's relevant in my life is my ice cream fell. I want more ice cream. I want mm-hmm. ice cream. And he's just focusing, fo- focusing on it. And then the parent sees beyond the kid and there's a tornado coming in the distance. There's mm-hmm. a tornado siren going on. It's like, hey, we need to get out of here and the kid's like well that's not relevant right now because mm-hmm. I need to focus on my ice cream mm-hmm. <laughs> it's and it's not to make trivial or light of where where a lot of young adults are at now right. not, not at all it's no. it's actually broadening that out mm-hmm. and sometimes we do get so focused in our, it's not the young adult thing a lot of other senior adults also we get so focused in our own lives and in our own, own politics our own identity struggles or whatever that we don't see the larger picture that, that Jesus is trying yeah. to say to, to peer through that cloud of, of usness. Yes. Yeah. All right, so that's a great introduction. <laughs> we're going to go <laughs> into Adventist history. Uh, we're in episode nine, the gospel in Adventism. And Jonathan, I wanted to ask, what happened in Adventist history around the time of the 80s? Not in the 1980s, but 80s. 100 years before in the 1880s. Yeah. Um, big turbulent time in Adventism. Yeah. But to, honestly, out of those messages, probably the one of the most awesome messages that I've personally appreciated. What, what yeah, happened? Yeah, so Adventism, you know, was born from a deep study of the Bible mm. and uh, a, a new understanding of the importance of the law of God. Of course, you know, Sabbath keeping is one of the key elements of Adventism, mm-hmm. uh, which is based in the, in, the, in the Ten Commandments. So defending the Ten Commandments has always been uh, was very important in the first couple decades of, of the Adventist church mm-hmm. and the pastors, the leaders, I mean, they would, they would literally go into cities and debate other uh, pastors from other denominations and they would always win because mm. they were, they could prove it from the Bible, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but what that did to the church is that there was a heavy focus on the law, the law, the law, which the law is great. The law is mm-hmm. beautiful and, and important, but the, it, it came at a loss of focusing also on the gospel, mm-hmm. focusing on Jesus, who is the law personified, who is the one that can bring, uh, you know, uh, the the law-keeping abilities into our life, you know, mm-hmm. by His grace. And so, 
there were some young guys, uh, Wagon and Jones, mm-hmm. um, who were like, you know, we, we really want to help our church uh, see the beauty of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so in 1888, there was a, a general conference meeting, a gathering of the leaders from around the world and uh, <laughs> mostly North America. But, you know, the leaders came together and, and uh, there were presentations made on, on the gospel-centered, you know, how we need to be more gospel-centered. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, there has been kind of like a, maybe not a divide, but there has been, you know, th- there was a reaction to that. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, uh, I mean, Ellen White really supported them. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is very important. But there were many who felt like, oh, well, if we just talk about the gospel and we forget, forget the law, then we lose our identity. Mm-hmm. When the reality is the two can be combined into a beautiful picture. And so mm-hmm. uh, that was definitely a struggle in those in those years. But... Um, I think also with the help of Ellen White, of you know her writings of Steps to Christ, Desire of Ages, and so on, that really helped to to show the completeness of the mm-hmm. message. So we'll, we'll get let's go sure. let's get into core of that. Let's go to Colossians one chapter one verse twenty four to twenty nine, and the the core of these issues are found there. Yes. But before we read scripture, let's have a word of prayer, and then let's read the, the text together. Uh, Jonathan, can you can you pray? Sure. For us? Yep. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the Word of God. Thank you that um, you provide for us uh, a holistic, balanced uh, understanding in in your Word of what the gospel is. And we just pray that you will help us today to to see the beauty of it, to communicate it, and to help all of us, um, including our viewers and listeners, to to, uh, appreciate it and accept it into our lives anew or for the first time. So we thank you, Lord, and we just pray that you will be with us now through your Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, Siku, can I ask verse 24 to 29 of Colossians Colossians 1? Yep. Okay, Colossians 1. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up my flesh and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Okay. Uh, I love Paul, but sometimes he gets into like, hey, there's a lot of semicolons here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if we can kind of, all scripture is inspired, right? All those verses are, are juicy. But uh, if we can distill that, what's what's at the core of this this passage here? I'm looking at verse twenty, mm-hmm. really twenty seven, mm-hmm. twenty seven. Uh, mm-hmm. To to them, God will to make known what are the riches of His glory, of His mystery amongst the Gentiles. Colon, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, what is what is what does that mean? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's that's what really what 1888 this discussion is about. Uh, before we get into that, I want to I want to ask, and I appreciate your 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 intro. Is it possible um, in in 1888, mm-hmm. right? Uh, some some of the lessons that I get. I guess I'm trying to I'm trying to frame how to, how, to, how to articulate this. Is it possible to be um, 
to emphasize something that you overemphasize it, and then you end up causing some mm-hmm. of the problems. Mm-hmm. I guess that's it, that's it though. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I already answered my question. Um, what do I want to ask? What are some lessons we can get from 1888? <laughs> Practically speaking, not the yeah. theology, but of the of the uh, like modality the, 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 the of, modality of, of, of it. communication. You you had this this um. There was the law, right, which, yes. which was being emphasized, yes. which was important, yeah. and that has just been restored, re- exactly, re- re- like re- rediscovered, and yeah. And, yeah. And, like, ah. and I think we we kind of get that way though, like when yeah. we come to truths in the Bible, yeah. mm-hmm. it can be like I just discovered the health message, yes, and I'm like the health message yes. person, you know, yes. and like it's the most important because yes. it is, yes. it's vital, yeah. Um, but sometimes we can get a little um, lopsided, yes, one sided, you know, and it becomes like. And Everything. It's all about yes. what you eat and how you eat it and when you eat it and like and that becomes all it, of what my Christian yes, experience right. is. Um and not just to bully the health people, but you have the, the, the coal porter of, people, right. you have the community yes. service people, you have the men's ministry people, the women's ministry you, people, you have the like children's ministry even like people. the discipleship people who are like, it's all about discipleship. Yes. All you do, everything you do is got to... But that's w- very important, Siku. Yeah, yeah, but it, it comes like... John, yes, I agree you with know? you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. don't let, you, don't have to, you don't have to blast Jonathan. <laughs> um, and so yeah. this isn't a law thing. Yeah, I think yep. that's also a misnomer. Yeah. People are like, oh, if you're conservative, if you're a law, if you're legalistic, you can become quite overzealous, and then you become naturally unbalanced. Mm-hmm. But it's just emphasis. Anything yes. that is emphasized a little bit more than it needs to be, and the balance mm-hmm. is off kilter. So, you could I say that you can have also an emphasis too much on grace mm-hmm. that causes you to oh, be yeah. another yeah. another out tweaking in a different way mm-hmm. that, that may manifest in these other. You can ways. even have an overemphasis on balance. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. like all of your Christianity That's becomes so about true. being balanced. And yes. it's like, well, in this situation, yeah. you're not supposed to be balanced. Like, yeah. Yeah. this is a situation that just calls for grace, yeah. or it's a situation that just calls for like law. You the know? 1888, mm-hmm. there is the actual theological discussion, but what the lesson that I think the denomination that we mm-hmm. as a people must understand is like you take truth and you place, uh, what, what is it? Uh, heresy is orthodoxy with emphasis. Mm hmm. You just take one part that's right and you emphasize it. That's what really heresy is. Heresy isn't like you know some some crazy. Random. Maybe you have those two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I think in 1888, what the other thing is is like you can be right in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we see that reverberating in Adventism on the local church level and on the global level. Mm-hmm. You can be you have something right that you feel justified and zealous over, and it just it gets out of proportion. Yeah. yeah. It's not just about being right, but being righteous. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, okay. That's Twitter. Twitter. Sigu came, Sigu came ready today. She came ready today. <laughs> yeah, she slept well too. Uh, I think when, when we're looking at when we're looking at the history here, something that I think it's important that we often oftentimes miss is the fact that Adventism grew mm. within a spiritual uh, awakening, mm. and there was, especially during that time, that people were not biblically illiterate as we kind of have today in our world. You know, people had an understanding of the gospel. America was a Christian country. People had understanding of of, of scripture and so forth and so on. And so wh- when the discovery of the Sabbath was made and emphasized, it was emphasized because all of these other things mm. had already been established, mm. right? Good point. Good point. And so I think we, we often forget the fact that when Adventism was born, it was meeting mm. a need during that time. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, no one was there, so I don't know. You know, I often wonder if through time we we kind of uh, 
feel as though the church was really, you know, we interpret we interpret history to say that the church had made these big mistakes and we were mm-hmm. emphasizing the law, which I think it, it, in in uh, in some ways we were with the the picture, yeah. you know, that the, yeah. the way of life or whatever it's called. That pic- what, what's the name of that thing? Way yeah, of life. Way of oh life. yeah, I got it right. We can go to inverse, inversebible.org and actually see what yeah. we're what we're referencing the way that you life, just yeah. mentioned, mentioned in passing. So uh, so I think I, so I guess what I'm trying to say is. I don't know if I'm ready to um, to beat up the church for the emphasis that it had on the law of God, mm. uh, or just you know, yeah. Uh, it, sorry, no, go ahead. No, go uh, ahead. Yeah, there's um, grace. Yeah, that's grace. Okay, thank you, thank you. Um, I think I think you're making a good point because uh, if you look at at church history in general, yep. there seems to be that that God had always had people that you know had an understanding of the gospel, had an understanding of truth, and kept it alive, but in a general sense. Uh, God was also restoring um, main pillars of Christianity to Christianity. So you look at the Reformation, right? There was Mm -hmm. justification by faith. There's also other topics, sanctification, all these things that we talk about on inverse. Mm -hmm. But at that time, that was the big thing that needed to be restored. Mm. Then came the Anabaptist movement. Oh, baptism by immersion, you know, for adults. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, that had to be restored. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, you had Methodism and, and sanctification came in. So there were some elements that had to be restored mm-hmm. and I, I mean I'm I'm not God yeah. I don't know what he's doing out there and all his details but it seems to me that throughout Christian history God was uh, some, sometimes emphasizing certain points mm-hmm. to restore it to add to the collection of restored truth mm-hmm. and so the law was for sure had to be restored I mean mm-hmm. it, what mm-hmm. does it talk about in Revelation you know the identifying marks they they have the yeah. t- testimony of Jesus and they keep the Ten Commandments, uh, the, the law, law of God. God yeah. So there's a there's definitely an element of restoration, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there were people who understood, you know, righteousness by faith at that time as well. Mm-hmm. But the emphasis, um, uh, you know, God was also, I think, pr- trying to bring in for the Adventist Church, especially mm-hmm. a more balanced, you know, a view also to include the gospel. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think we we shouldn't blast the church for oh you you're all legalist and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because they they believed in salvation by faith, mm-hmm. even I mean, when clear. they emphasized you, the law. You see some of the writings of yeah. that, I call it the first generation. Yeah. I mean, they had an experience with Jesus. Yes, right. I mean they were so they were so serious. They, they, the, the way they mm-hmm. talk about their their devotional life or yeah. their their praise of, of of the Lord is just you knew that they had an intimate relationship right. with Him. Mm-hmm. But there was that vacuum of the law and not understanding mm-hmm. where that fits. Mm-hmm. And then you have a whole generation of about forty years of that. And mm-hmm. then so whether that was off kilter, unbalanced. Uh, in their personal lives, who are we to judge? But uh, denominationally, there was in all mm-hmm. the writings, in all the publications, that was what was out there. Yeah. And then uh, Sister Ellen White says that that we've been preaching the law like as dry as the hills of Gaboa. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, but that's a just in paraphrase. Along the lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so in eighteen eight, you have another generation. Generation two pops up, and they've only been hearing the law, the law, the law, the law, yeah. law. They haven't had that personal relationship with Jesus like the first generation had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in comes you're mentioning Jones and Wagner these mm-hmm. two young guys from California from the West Coast mm-hmm. and then and they're challenging quote unquote the establishment of, of Uriah Smith and, mm-hmm. and Butler and whatnot and and it seems like which at the end of the day we have in retrospect 2020 and we're mm-hmm. like man they were actually kind of on the same page mm-hmm. on, on, on one side of the coin but in the middle of it they they were like on opposite ends mm-hmm. of, of the world yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we've been using this term righteous by faith we've been throwing it around can we talk about that what sure. what is that actually what are what are we this isn't something this isn't like oh we're just focusing on Jesus is a lot more deeper than that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah 
I think what comes to my mind is, um, and, and I'm going to have to paraphrase, but it, it's a quotation that is found in the book Steps to Christ, which he actually writes during this time. Yeah. And it's the idea that Jesus loves to have us come to him just the way we are. Mm. We can come to him sinful, helpless, dependent. And then it is his work and it is his joy to then transform us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. And so righteous by faith is coming to Christ the way we are with the understanding that he wants us to come to him the way we are. He doesn't mm-hmm. want us to change ourselves before we come to him because that's mm-hmm. the work that he does. And if we wait to be changed, we will never come to him. Mm. So Jesus says, come to me the way you are. Mm-hmm. You're, Justification. Yeah, you're all messed up. Mm-hmm. Don't Don't try to clean yourself up. And then I will then take you and I will give you my righteousness. Mm -hmm. You won't feel it. You know, you're going to look at yourself in the mirror and you might not notice any real change. Mm -hmm. But something has happened in that heaven looks at you differently than you can even look at yourself. Mm -hmm. And heaven's reality is more real than your own reality. And so Mm -hmm. you have to accept, even though I might not feel righteous, even though I might not feel holy, by faith, I believe that I am because the word of God yeah. says it. Mm-hmm. Faith is seeing that, that which I don't see in myself, but mm-hmm. I trust God's promises in me that he'll help. Yeah. And then I just want to bring in hope here. The ho- that's the hope that we have, that yeah. I don't see the change, but I hope in faith that it will be. Yeah. It's it's the, the already and not yet concept. So mm. Christ in you, the hope of glory, referring to what will be when, you know, when he comes back, he glorifies us. We have no more sin. Sin is gone and sin the sin-affected body is gone. Mm-hmm. And so Christ in you means Jesus wants to live in you through the Holy Spirit and um, you are accepted, you are justified, you are covered in his righteousness as you walk with him. And then as you walk with him, there's also a a, a transformation that takes place, which that goes on your entire Mm -hmm. lifetime. Mm -hmm. And that is what you, you know, what in theology they call the the imparted righteousness. So your imputed righteousness is you're covered and then let's take care of the inside as well, you Mm -hmm. know, in that, in that sense. And so, uh, and that's what what the hope is. So, like as you as you then walk with Jesus, you see this is what he wants. He wants to make me like him. That's my hope, and it's a step by step process. Mm-hmm. But in the eyes of heaven, you are already there mm-hmm. um, because you are walking with Jesus. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So it's like God knows by faith He will transform you and get you there, um, and that's why He can accept you now the way you are mm-hmm. in the process as you walk with it. You know, I, I've had, I, I mentioned, I referred to my knees. I've had surgery in both. One, I went skiing and I tore my ICL. And then one, I went, the other one, I went um, uh, uh, trampolining trampolining with, oh, my, no. with my wife. And I thought I could jump higher than her. And then I, I jumped, I did jump higher than her. <laughs> <laughs> and then I landed and I tore my other ACL. And uh, I just knew it immediately when it happened. And it's, it's, it's given me a great uh, object lesson on the balance of legs. Uh, when one was injured and the other one wasn't, the one that wasn't became a lot stronger to compensate for my mm. weaker leg. Mm-hmm. When I had physical therapy for my weaker leg, what happened is it got so strong that both legs were strong but in different ways. Then the other one that was strong, I don't know if this is making sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the first one was so strong that I was overusing it and it caused it to be weaker, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So when I was jumping on it, that's the one that gave way for my second tear. Um, we, I find that in theology, as you mentioned, Jonathan, wonderfully, we have imputed, we have imparted, we have mm-hmm. justification, we have sanctification. It's 
human beings, and maybe if I can dare say Avanist, we have a great in, uh, inclination to focus on one thing, mm-hmm. tunnel vision. Yeah. But in theology, a lot of times it's two things. Yes. Not that we're saved by faith and works. I'm not saying that at all. We're saved by faith alone, right? Mm-hmm. But there is the component of where works plays into whether faith is real or not. Yeah. And it's that balance of having the two. Uh, I love that we also reference the sanctuary. We have the holy place, uh, which talks about sanctification. Yes. We have the courtyard, which is justification. Uh, justification. And then in my experience, mm-hmm. I went to a lot of Sunday churches. I went through a lot of nominal Adventist churches where justification was the only thing that was being mm-hmm. preached, right? Mm-hmm. God forgives you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Forgive, Which is forgive, true. Forgive, forgive. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all I was mm-hmm. hearing. And so my, my experience was like, well, I'll just sin. And on Saturday, I'll just ask for forgiveness right. and keep on sinning and sinning and sinning because he always forgives. So mm-hmm. then it was a, a great church experience, but existentially, mm-hmm. they're kind of a little empty. Yeah. When I learned about 1888 message and I learned about sanctification for the first time, I'm like, wait, what? God can, God can change. God can. God can't change. I got to wait for the second coming for God to change mm. me. So mm. no, no, no. Why does he have to wait for the second coming? He can do that now. I, in my experience, I knew that. I mean, I can look back. I was overemphasizing sanctification, mm. and I even downplayed justification. Mm. And I was like, "Are you? Are you one of those people that are justification only people?" Mm. It wasn't until I, like more ten years later, where someone someone said that, "Hey, there's a lot of young people who they've only heard sanctification only messages. Mm-hmm. And when they hear justification for the first time, it's like water in a desert. They're just soaking it up. Yeah. Like they're like, mm-hmm. wow, God forgive.'" But there's others who are like, for me, that's the other experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's really not whether which is one or better than the other. Mm-hmm. It's to have both legs being equally, I mean, I don't use the word balance. You guys are making me scared to use the word balance. <laughs> yeah. But using yeah. one leg at a time and mm-hmm. to have this this gate that's healthy mm-hmm. and to walk. That's walking in the Lord. I don't know if that's a stupid analogy. But you have that, that experience of one after the other. Yeah, I think that in the phrase Christ in you, the mm-hmm. hope of glory. Um, mm. Like when I read it, the most important part of that is the Christ, mm. yeah. right? Yes. Um, the whole purpose of the law has always been to point us back to him, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then when, when we come to him, it's all about what he does in us. Mm-hmm. And so I think rather than the the, 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 the challenge with the being a balanced Christian, it's not about being a balanced Christian, it's about being a Christ-like Christian, mm. right? Yes. Amen. Christ is the one who knows when to administer what, right? Yeah. What grace to apply, what justice to apply, when, in what measure. Mm-hmm. And so keeping our focus on Jesus is actually, at the end of the day, what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the challenge with, with what transpired in 1888 and in the aftermath mm-hmm. was the focus came off of Jesus and went on to like, well, I'm right and I'm right, you yes. know, whether mm-hmm. on, on whichever side, because like whether it's law or it's grace, ultimately it's supposed to be all about Jesus at the mm-hmm, end of the day. Mm-hmm. We, we, we should use our, our foc- focused uh, proneness to be on Jesus rather than on the one side of salvation yeah. or mm-hmm. another. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, I think, key because the, the, you, can, you can focus on the theological parts and the, 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 you know, the bullet points of this information, but that will not help you. What mm-hmm. you need to focus on is an actual, and we see this all the time, but an actual yeah. personal relationship with Jesus where in prayer you talk to him like, Jesus, you know this sin, uh, that I have, I'm struggling with this. 
can you give me victory, please? Can you help me? I don't want to hurt you, but you know, I really love this thing. Can you give me hate? You just talk to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's really righteousness by faith at work in your mm-hmm. life. You talk to Jesus about it, mm-hmm. whether it's sin or if, if, not just sin, overcoming sin, but also doing what God has called yeah. us to do, mm-hmm. because that is also needs God's grace, mm-hmm. doing good works and, and walking in the works he has prepared for us. I mean, I love that. I, it, the, what impacted my experience was after learning about righteousness by faith is exactly what you said. Like before the temptation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you talk to God. And I would say even in the midst of temptation, yes. you're talking to God and saying, look, Lord, this is hard. This is this is going to overwhelm me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I fall in this, like, like even ha- having a relationship with Jesus so tight yes. that in the midst of that dark, you're still talking. With and that, that's the beauty of it. That's what justification is. Just, justification is saying, hey, you can talk to me even though you're a sinner, even mm-hmm. though you want to sin. Sanctification is I'm going to give you a victory over it, mm-hmm. and and that and that comes down to that this discussion or conversation you have with Jesus at the end mm-hmm. of the day. As you can see, we're very passionate about this. If anything, this is really the core of uh, uh, sal- the salvation salvation experience. Mm-hmm. And I guess my implore, my impl- imploration, my, I, I implore all of us that as we look back on Adventist history, we can see the swinging to the left, the swinging to the right. Now it's up to us. We have the objectivity of history to not to swing out and to just focus on Jesus. We have the luxury to look at what's happened in the past and not to repeat those mistakes again by God's grace. Hopefully that's your prayer. I know it's mine. We'll see you here next week on Inverse as we continue our wonderful study on Adventist history and Adventist heritage. God bless you. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, This is Inverse.